Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. That she was trying to kill the hooker. July 14, 2021, this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 53, and herding all the poles to the left side of the plane, I'm Abel Kirby. And getting sticky with supermodel glue, I'm cold acid. Sticky, stuck to the wall, stuck to the ceiling, it's cold acid. Now, supermodel glue. buy one, get one free. BOGO, cold acid. Can you, <laughs> you can spray the cold acid spray on the bottom of your boat, the boat don't sink. Patch a wall. Do all kinds of stuff. There we go. Just keep it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got. Yeah, let me get through this. I hate this segment, by the way. I think we did this for a year, and I don't want to do it again. But I'm doing it again, which is uh, the opening of the beer. And I got a youngling black and tan. Mm. Ah, I, got, I should open Possibly. up my drink. Ah, one year. Your one-year drink. What is Ooh. it? My one-year drink is a... Ernest Cider, mm. Wild Blueberry Cider, handcrafted with local honey. Why? So what's the, what was the, uh, what is it called? The cidery? The place that makes ciders? I don't know. Well, the, oh, the one that made the one That's that you're drinking. That's a good question. Oh. I went to Ernest. Oh, Ernest Cider. Ernest Cider, okay. I was trying to You know, like Ernest Scared Stupid. Or Ernest Borgnine? I guess that's the, is it the Ernest, uh... Different. That's a different Ernest, isn't it? I'm talking about. Hey, Vern. Oh <laughs> uh, well. The the point of the story was I went to a um, a little research mission trying to find out if I could get one of your what is it the 501 Queen Street uh, cider. Yeah. I could not and find you? it. There was no way to get it, and I went through a couple different hoops. Um, first, I you know their website will let you ship it as long as you're in Canada. You can't get that, obviously. Um, and I went yeah. to some of the liquor stores around here, and I talked to the owners and the managers, and I was trying to find out what's it take to get a case of cider. And I said, I'll buy two, you know. Uh, what, what's the minimum order to make it worth the while to ship one over here? Because uh, I can't get them to ship it. And I found out that they can't get them to ship it either. You have to go through a uh, an importer. And so that was my little lesson here. It's uh Yeah, sucks, don't it? So I, I need to go up a level from the store and talk to the distributor who and they're not gonna deal with me off. They're they're looking for big fish, not uh the a guy who wants to order two cases or one case even. Well you can always find uh you can always find like an import export company and they can probably broker all of that. <laughs> yeah, for a hundred dollars of hundreds of dollars of fees for a sixty dollar case of cider. So order order several cases. Yeah, I know. give them out to all your friends. <laughs> okay, so I'll give one case to you and uh, one case to my one friend in Baltimore. I guess I could give a couple to the folks at IRC. There's some folks. I got some friends in IRC too. So yeah, can can send a case down to Fletcher. <laughs> it's jeez. Oh uh, man, that'll be that'll be the mission. It'll be the great cider import mission for uh, the No Agenda <laughs> community. <laughs> Honestly, I think it would be easier to try and get you to buy a case and then uh, illegally mail it to me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Not that I would do anything illegal, mind you. Like drink Canadian cider outside of Canada. Man, it shouldn't be illegal to drink Canadian cider outside of Canada. No. it's uh, They don't want it crossing the border without the right paperwork, I think is the bottom line there. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all about it's all about the taxes yep. and, and you, the excise fees. You know more about this than me because uh, in our last year in review, I believe we spent a 
few weeks, maybe even a couple months, just with you dealing with import uh, problems, trying to get stuff shipped into the country. Yeah, but not from the states. It's so easy from the states. Hmm. Getting it's issues with stuff coming from Europe, and dealing with the bullshit of UPS and FedEx when they try and uh, try and like jip you out of your money through their brokerage bullshit fees. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. They were trying to charge you a fee that you didn't really owe them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And now and now FedEx is trying to is trying to get me to pay a second time. The fees that I paid for the Dungeons and Lasers 2 stuff that I ordered yeah. and came in. So, yeah. Fuck UPS. Fuck FedEx. Fuck all those fuckers. DHL, you're okay. Fuck no. <laughs> no. Who, who? Well, they're still better than Canpar. Canpar is the absolute worst. And they're just here in Canada. They don't deal with stuff coming in and out from other countries. Mm. They're just a bunch of double douchebags. Yeah. Well, there's been some of that going around. I was listening to, uh, I'm sure as you were, the uh, 200th episode of Hog Story. And there was a couple... Oh, yeah, of course I was. Yeah, they just had that episode 200... Uh, what is it? Jack Plant? Was that the name of it? I see it spelled wrong in my notes, so I'm not sure what it was supposed to be. It was Jack something. Episode 200 of Hog Story. With Fletcher was... Jack Planted, that was it. I'm missing a D on there. Don't miss your D on Hog Story. Thank you, Carblanes. <laughs> yes, thank you, Carblanes. Actually... Speaking of Hog Story and Carolyn Blaney, the lovely Miss Blaney visited me here today at my own home. Uh, yes? Yeah. Oh, and so I got to show her my Legos and got to just hang out and chat with her for a bit before I went to get my burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, pretty nice. Legos is always a good occasion. You don't need an excuse. If it's Legos, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. That's the, that's the only reason you need... Well, she was just down in the area and, like, called to say, hey, I'm at the liquor store. You want anything? <laughs> that's a friend. Uh, that's a, that's what a true friend is. That is has. indeed a friend. <laughs> oh, man. I was already stopped, though, so I didn't take her up on that offer. But I did say, come on by and I'll show you my stuff. <laughs> show you my Legos. And I did. Yes, yes. Um, they had, um, well, uh, we should say congratulations of... Though I think I said it a couple times already, uh, to uh, to Miss Carolyn Blaney and uh, John Fletcher of the Hog Story Fletchers, as uh, Darren O'Neill likes to call them, uh, they got through their two hundred. That's a little bit further than yeah. us. We're at we're we we're on fifty three. We just got through our first year. Yes, this is this is this is the first episode of our second season. Yeah, but what I was getting to was uh, Fletcher was talking about some uh, some other problems because he was getting new internet service, um, and he had a different cable company, and they're. The technician doesn't know what he's doing, and he's telling, basically, it sounds like it's the horror story. Like, maybe it's the, uh, oh, this is just the worst customer experience. You know, if you pick the, the lowest percentile of the worst experience, you know, this is what you would get. And I I think everything he described sounds completely typical, uh, even in uh, other parts of the country. It's just such a crappy industry, the, uh, the uh, you know trying to get someone to your house to wire up cable and they don't know what they're doing and they don't know anything about coax they don't know anything about uh the protocol they're trying to deal with they don't know how to debug it they know how to like put the meter on and make a power measurement and then uh say, cable well, is shit anyway yeah, they, it's just you know it's that that one is what stuck with me <laughs> through the episode because yeah it's it just sounds so damn familiar 
But uh, we, in there, I had some advice because he, he mentioned that uh, he was getting billed for being a business company. For, 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 some, for some reason, he was talking to the sales rep. And my advice uh, that I give out, and I've said this on the show before, is when you talk to the sales rep, every time they try and do, say, sell you anything, say, no, that's for communists. And uh, just shut them down. Don't respond to anything. And then they get ri- <laughs> then they, it breaks the script and they get rid of you as fast as they can and you just get what you want. So that's my, Clever. That's my, that's my tip. Blame communism. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we were on podcast. Uh, we had Grumpy Old Ben's had episode 176, Malicious Compliance. Um, and they had, uh, I haven't got through the whole episode, but there was one story in it that stuck out to me, which is something that I feel like was a long time in the making. This is the Mint uh, hack, or the Mink Breach. Uh, mink Breach. The Mint Breach, uh, where if I... Day of the Mint. The Day of the I Mint. Mink. Of the Mink. Yeah, this sounds like something uh, that was predicted a decade ago. I remember watching Twit and listening to Leo Laporte. Like, they bring up, oh, look, I've got Mint, and there's some other app. This is, oh, I just put all my financial information in it or whatever. If this is the app I'm remembering correctly, if it was Mint he was using back then. Uh, I remember thinking, that sounds like a really dumb idea. And uh, so... I don't know. It's not surprising to me that they had eventually had a problem. I mean, every company is going to have a problem eventually. So just consider yeah. uh, when you're putting your data into some form on the internet or some form in an app, it's like, you know, it's, you know, your security is going to go away at one point, right? Something's, someone's going to do something wrong or they're going to sell the company to someone who doesn't care. It's I barely a- trust my bank's own security. Why the fuck would I trust some like third party web app security? Oh, I love my bank. Like- my- my bank has has just there. Everyone inside every photo I look on the bank's webpage, they're smiling. I go to my bank's website. They're just it's just everyone. Yeah, you think people. you think they're you think they're going to show pictures of the people <laughs> unhappy that their homes are being repossessed it's, because they can't pay their mortgages? They're not going to show that. It's going to be all smiles. Or because even when they did pay their mortgages, they still get repossessed. That's the best one. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. But that was. Uh, I mean it though, in the sense that I meant it though, in the sense that like, can you really trust? Can you really trust them to like not fuck up security? But at least with the bank itself, like everything is their systems anyways. So if something fucky goes on, well, you know that you've got like the bank's own insurance. Not to mention like, uh, not to mention like deposit insurance. Uh, systems like i know you've got something like that in the states we got something like that up here in canada right so it's like chances are you're not gonna you're not gonna get fucked over by it yeah so at least not as much as as like a third-party service that has all your fucking information and connections to your bank and investment service and everything fucking else yeah it's uh, it's the called the FDIC down here, but that's neither here nor there. But I'll tell you what I was doing this weekend. I was throwing caution to the wind, and I went to a completely un-FDIC uh, insured system, and uh, I set up my own lightning node. Sweet. Yeah. So we're gonna start streaming. We're getting stats streamed to us soon, then. Sat streamed. Um, we could right now. Um, I am set up that I could receive them. I was gonna set up a um, I'm I'm doing something later this week to set up uh, another RSS feed, and I'm probably going to use a hosting company because we're playing with different ideas of for other projects. And I 
I really just want to play with it for a while before we turn it on on Rare Encounter. If you're gung-ho and you want to turn it on, like, let's do it. But I didn't set anything up for Rare Encounter, and I didn't make any steps towards doing it either. I just kind of was looking no, at I'm, the No, I'm, I'm not gung-ho. I just want Darren to shut up about it. Well, so there's the possibility that if we can add a value tag in, we'll have value for value. Before, well, Grumpy Old Ben's doesn't have that, do they? I thought they did. They already they have that already? Hmm. I think they do, don't they? Somebody oh, open up the grumpy old Ben's RSS feed. <laughs> well, you can't tell, though. That was one thing that was annoying to me. What do you mean you can't tell? What I mean is that I went and checked a bunch of random RSS feeds, uh, including ones that I knew were for podcasts that had value for value, and the uh, podcast value tag was not present in if in the RSS feed that you get unless you get it through the... Uh, I think you have to get it through an API call to the podcast index. So you could put a value tag in your RSS feed, but... I think most people aren't doing that. They're putting it in uh, through what we discussed. It was like a man-in-the-middle kind of situation where um, if you're on Anchor and you can't edit the text of your own feed, you can still get value-for-value value payments, but you have to do something. Uh, yeah, Podcaster Wallet. Yeah, Podcaster Wallet. That, I was The name was escaping me. You have to go through them, and they kind of do a kind of a man-in-the-middle thing where when the, when the app asks for your RSS feed, they insert that information into the reply. Okay, so right it's, it's now I'm opening, I'm opening the grumpy old Ben's RSS feed, and I'm looking in here. Now I didn't check that, and so it's I possible. see a, a podcast value tag with a podcast value recipient tag inside it. Aha! Uh -huh. I didn't check them though. I checked a couple other ones though, and they are using the Blueberry uh, plugin for WordPress. Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, oh yeah, they do use WordPress. So it is in there, and I know other sites, like other, well, other podcasters, they'll use Podcaster Wallet, and it is essentially MITM. Yeah. But in the, sa in the same sort of way that Cloudflare is MITM, right? It's like, it, go it, goes through, it goes through them. The URL that you provide is through Podcaster Wallet, right? So, Podcaster Wallet, they grab your RSS feed, they add in the value tag based on the configuration you have with them, and then that's the that's the RSS feed that you hand out. Yeah. So, the ones that I looked at were the No Agenda Show RSS, and that one does, they have a podcast funding, podcast locked, but they don't have podcast value. And the other one I looked at was Podcasting 2.0 to see how they, because I'm looking at the references, right? I wanted to see how they set it up, and I saw podcast lock, podcast funding. I did not see podcast value inside there, and I did. Let me do a search again. I got it open now. They mention value for value a lot in the text, but they don't have a tag uh, anywhere in it. Not that I see anyway. If it's in there, I'm, I'm looking at the I'm it. looking at the no agenda feed now, and un unlike the grumpy old Ben's feed, I can actually look at this in a rich view in the browser instead of having to open it up in Notepad. And you are right. Yeah. There is no value tag in feed.nashownotes.com slash rss.xml. Yep. There's podcast locked. There's podcast funding. And those are the only those are the only podcast uh, podcasting 2.0 tags in there. Yep. And yet when you look at it on podcast index, you see value for value via lightning. Value for value, Dreb Scott, and Clip Custodian. 
all with comments. So yeah. that is interesting. Yeah. That, what that, are you doing, Adam? That threw me through a loop. I was looking for those tags to see what the... Yeah, I just want to see what the structure looked like. I want to look at the XML and get a feel for what it's supposed to be. And I could not find the reference implementation on the Podcast 2.0 um, uh, documentation. I expected to see that copied and pasted into the No Agenda and Podcast Index uh, RSS feeds. I did not see it. And that's that's why I was um, messaging you over the weekend saying, hey, what's going on? Do you know anything about this? Yeah, and well, like I said, um, what was it that I said? Yeah, it's Podcaster Wallet that, throw, that throws it in. But, I mean, you'd still expect then to see on Podcast Index the podcast wa Podcaster Wallet RSS feed. Yeah. I'd expect so I I I don't know what why it's showing up for podcasting 2.0 and no agenda on podcast index when it's not in their feeds. Yeah, it it's like you'd expect the guys championing these tags to actually put the tags inside their own RSS. I guess they don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> All it, right. it would definitely help if they did because then I mean you'd have more examples of how to actually do this shit, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted to see a real feed. What's it look like? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll we'll circle around back to that later. And uh, I I need to play with it a little more and, and make sure I really understand this channel balancing thing. That's where I'm going back and forth right now, where you have to open a channel and basically commit to uh, to having a certain amount of liquidity. If you use up all the liquidity, you have to open a new channel or, or rebalance it in some way. I'm not sure the process for the rebalancing. So that's... Uh, that is one of the things that why i'm thinking like lightning is is like a silly kind of thing i mean you should be you should be able to take in money without having to uh, like essentially prime the pump first right well i think part of that's the keysend protocol well oh you're not talking about an invoice you're talking about actually having um the off-chain uh, liquidity system so yeah, like somebody should somebody who has has value in a lightning wallet should be able to send that to anybody else with a lightning wallet without that other person necessarily having any value in their lightning wallet to begin with. Hmm. I'm not completely sure how that works. So if I have an empty lightning wallet and you tried to send me something through Keysender or, or or you through an invoice process, you tried to send me uh something I think that works. I wasn't aware that it didn't. From all from everything that I've seen, it sounds like it sounds like you need to have some value in your wallet before you can open up a channel to anything, even if it's just to receive. Uh, yeah, yes. Um there's a there's a channel opening fee um that is something in the milli satoshi range if I remember right. Even if it's somebody opening a channel to me, I still need to pay for that? No, uh, they pay. All right, so pretty, I'm, pretty sure I that. might have some sort of, like, major misunderstanding so, going on then with how Lightning works. So here's It my, wouldn't surprise me if I do. Here's my simple understanding of this, is you can take a Bitcoin and send it to the Lightning network. When you do that, you, can, you do it in a way that you can um, claim that Bitcoin back later, if you want. But what you actually do on Lightning is you trade the claims. You can you can trade your claim for that Bitcoin around. And that's really what Lightning is. 
So I'm saying, oh, yeah, here's a promissory note for to pay back with a Bitcoin. And it's done in a way where you can ensure that if I ever want to pull all the Bitcoins I have back out, I can. And uh, if I give them to someone, I can't, they, I can't take it back. I think that's the 10,000 foot view of, of what Lightning's supposed to do. The, the details of the channel opening is the weird stuff that, that's the nitty gritty that's harder to understand that I don't fully understand. Yeah, and it's that that I've been trying to understand, I think. Yeah. It's, a, it's a work and in progress. failing, obviously. <laughs> I can tell you that I've successfully uh, loaded up a couple different um, apps and streamed a bunch of Satoshis. Uh, I don't know what I did. I was probably like, I, honestly, it could be 20 bucks. It could be more than that. I don't, I don't even remember. I was just playing with everything. I put in a bunch of money. Not a bunch of money, you know. I put it in and I said, yeah, this is just to fuck around with. I'm going to lose this. I don't care. I'm just putting it in the slot machine and uh, spraying it out to everyone I, who wants to uh, to have a podcast with a with a value tag. You brought up slot machines. I got something. I got something similar to that. But before that, we should probably end our podcast discussion. Oh, our podcast discussion. Um, what do we have left? We have uh, Nick the Rat had his episode uh, 290 last week. He'll be live tonight after our show. And I think Absent a Six Pack is also live tonight. Um, yeah, between us and, and- Nick the Rat. Because, because it's been because it's time for it. It has been 143 days since the last episode of Maps with Matt. <laughs> oh, you're taking the torch, huh? Hey, it, I I I warned him if he if he took too long, I would. And I <laughs> I did the calculations today in front of him on IRC, so he knows I'm doing this. All right, Maps with Matt is now on notice. Get a new episode out. Yep. I should get with him and help. All right. Him, uh, so now go into the go into you were saying about uh, the slot machines. The slot. So machines. have you heard of? Yeah. Have you heard of Keymaster by any chance? Uh, no. What's Keymaster? Okay, so Keymaster is this Sega. Well, they call it an arcade game, but it's not arcade machine. But it's like you. You put in your you put in your money and you press some buttons and if you and if you time it just right you get a prize out of the machine. Except that that's not how it actually works. Hmm. How it actually works is that there is a there is a operator who configurable counter and so even if somebody even if somebody hits the button at just the right time Unless, unless that counter is reach zero, they're not getting the prize. It will it will purposely skip past. It'll overshoot, and then you don't get anything. This is- and so now there there is there's a guy down in California who is opened a class action suit against Sega because what they've been pushing as a game of skill turns out to actually be a game of chance instead. In some countries, that's actually illegal. Yeah, I'm looking at the Keymaster uh, cabinet. And so what we're talking about is like one of these uh, cabinets, like a game cabinet you'd see. It has a joystick on the front. There's some prizes inside. And I don't know, what do you use, a claw or something like that to grab it? Or is this is this um, where you, it has like a piston that goes out and grabs the thing and pulls it back out of a like the shoebox or the shoe? Uh, I don't know. There's like a, there's like a keyhole. That you have to get the key jammed into. Ah, giggity. Supposedly. And so there, so like you can choose like which row to go up and then you can move, it'll move along and you tap the button at just the right time 
and it'll it'll zing in the key and try and unlock the prize. Mm. Yeah. And so what's it do if 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 it's configured in such a way that the next prize uh it it says, "Oh, well, uh, I already dispensed a prize today, so you're not getting one." Uh how's it, it's, how's uh, it stop you? When you haven't when you haven't reached that uh, threshold of player attempts before it awards the prize, it will it will still it'll still do its thing, but it will deliberately overshoot before it does that. Hmm. It just spoil. So, so it no it knows it knows when it's lined up for for the hole, right? And so it it'll go. Oh no! Can't can't do it here. Let's move. Let's move over another quarter of an inch first. Mm. And yeah. sometimes it's 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 noticeable. Like like it will pause and then move over and then try the thing. Try to do the put in the key right. Yep. Yeah, this is scammy. This looks terrible. It's super scammy. Come on, Sonic the Hedgehog. You're better than this. Here and we. so yeah, like uh, they are. They're facing a class action suit over this, quite rightly. Yep. Oh, sounds like they deserve and it. This this is just this is just one. A lot of these a lot of these uh prize machines in the arcades are more rigged than the fucking casino slot machines. <laughs> yeah. This is just one of many of these like have you seen the one where it's got like the blocks that go left and right and you have to tap the button so that they line up and if you gotta stack them high enough before you get a prize? It's, I'm not familiar with this one. Okay, I've seen those machines too, and they're just as rigged. I think Midas... Ha uh, I'm sorry, was that Mutter or was that Midas? I thought I saw it up here. Someone said, um, the point of arcade machines is to take your, designed to take your quarters. Yeah, that's Cotton Gin. Oh, and the thing gin. is, yeah, arcade machines are prize machines... That's a that's a different story. These are things that are advertised as a game of skill, and they're they're not. They're rigged so that they seem to be a game of skill, but are actually but are actually a con job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's got to be. Um, I don't know what you do about that. I mean, there, there's always been people trying to scam you. Whether you're going to the uh, to the carnival and they have the, all the rigged games where you know it's the ring toss, but you can never win, or you. You try and knock down the milk bottles. No one tells you they're actually made of lead. You know that kind of thing. It's always someone there's trying supposed to, get one to be. Up on you. There's supposed to be gaming commissions to to deal with things like this. I but there's but thing but these. I mean, it's one one thing when it's like the when it's like the traveling carnival, and the prizes are like worth pennies anyways it's another thing when you see these machines and they've got like a playstation portable in there or, or like a new ipad or or shit like that right and they're charging you like five five bucks a pop and they're saying yeah if you got the skill you can win the prize and they're really just milking you counting how how many thousands of dollars the machine makes before they actually hand anything out and that that's that's like straight up that's fraud but the arcade the arcade machines unlike the slot machines in the casinos aren't in the purview of any of like anyone's uh, anyone's gaming commissions hmm. well so the only recourse you have is to is to sue the manufacturers and the operators 
There was a uh, speaking of things you might find at a near an arcade. There was a there was a theme park ride, and and I don't know if you have those traveling uh, the carnivals or the the little circus things where they pop up and they have a bunch of theme park rides all around. Those things are sketchy oh, as as hell. You ever go on the rides there? I love the, I love the spinning <laughs> UFO one though. That one that one's not really that sketchy because if worst worst case scenario, you're not going very far anyways. That's the one where you're inside right? and you the can thing, like... the thing like the thing Yeah, and and the centrifugal forces like pushing you against the wall. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. And they're they're a lot safer than like these rickety ass uh, portable uh what are they called? The where you hop in the car and it goes like in loop de loops and uh, shit. Ah, the tilt a whirl kind of thing. I can't remember that. No, no, the no. They're style on the tracks thing? and shit. Oh, roller coaster. Like you Yeah, roller coasters. Oh, roller coaster. Man, we had Canopy Lake Park up in the uh, up in New England and uh, New Hampshire, and they had the they have that um, wooden roller coaster, which has some extra uh, oh god flair to it, you know, because it's all made of wood. <laughs> yeah, so so even if you don't even if you don't like get thrown to your death because the things that are supposed to hold you in place are faulty. And, or if the thing doesn't fall apart, vibrating under you, you could still burn to death if it catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. No, that was... Yeah, uh... fuck no. No, the only roller coasters that I will go close to are the permanent installation ones, mm. where they are, like, actually bolted the fuck down to everything. What we had, the the story I was getting to was uh, Marilyn's uh, story. It was from uh, Six Flags, and we've had a situation at the Six Flags... Uh, uh, a the, situation. A situation at Six Flags America. They had the uh, <gasps> a ride called the Spin Sanity, which got closed down last month um, after an incident. And I didn't hear about it when it happened. Incident. It was on the hush hush. But now it was back in the news. I, I caught it on the rebound because it's been reopened. It's now safe for everyone. And it's the uh, Six Flags America Spin Sanity, which is a pendulum type ride. So, you know, all the seats are at the bottom of a pendulum and it swings back and forth. And uh, again, at the bottom of the pendulum, they're also kind of arranged in a circle. And so as the pendulum swings way up and then way down, um, the, the seats also spin around in a circle. So you get some double uh, spinning action there. And they had a problem where this ride, um, partway through, some sensor went off that the, decided the ride wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And so the, it, the ride stopped motion and it brought everyone back down to the ground. But then the 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 ride wouldn't end. It was like Mr. Bones' wild ride. The ride would never end. It just kept sitting there shaking, and it got caught. The in ride a, never ends. It got caught in a, an oscillation. Uh, in okay, so the the ride was having a seizure. The ride was having a seizure is what it looked like. So, and this was um, let me let me read the uh, the byline here. It's Six Flags America reopens. The Spin Sanity Ride. This is a Harley Quinn-themed ride, so it's got, like, Harley Quinn colors and Harley Quinn's uh, doing a hand, one-handed handstand in front of it on the uh, by the gate. And it's experienced the DMV's tallest, fastest, and most extreme pendulum ride. Now open. The Department of Motor Vehicles? No. The DMV is the region that... There's no Department of Motor Vehicles in Maryland. It's called the MVA. Uh, the Maryland Vehicle Administration, because DMV means something else. DMV is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia region. Ah. And so, like, the D.C. Defenders is our XFL team that, that only played a couple of games. But uh, 
one of their slogans is defend the DMV. <laughs> and so they uh, people were out. Nobody confused. wants to defend the DMV. People were very confused on Twitter if they weren't from this area when that when that was going around. Is why would you defend the DMV? No, DC, Maryland, Virginia. But anyway, I went and looked at this ride and how it was constructed, and I found some information on um, exactly where the motors are that are involved and how how is it supposed to work. And uh, it it looked like that the way that it's driven is that on each side of the pendulum, there's actually two, there's four motors that drive the pendulum that swings up and down. And they operate in opposing directions so that it can have fine control over exactly where the pendulum is. And I bet that this thing could actually hold the, the full weight of the, um, the ride out at, you know, a 45 degree angle if it had to. Um, you know, it doesn't rely on the swing, uh, 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 the, um, the uh, oscillation of the pendulum to set, you know, its frequency. It has the same frequency no matter if the ride's full or empty. And as we know, the natural resonance frequency of a pendulum changes when the mass at the bottom of it changes. So, you know, there's the mo it's it's called a pendulum ride, but it's not really just swinging like a pendulum. There's some more sophisticated uh, motion controls going on here to kind of make sure that it always oscillates at the same motion and so at the same frequency, I should say. And uh, anyway, it looked like when the pendulum was down at the at the bottom they have a uh they had a situation where these two motors were the, what the way they're supposed to work is in these systems is you're supposed to have basically equal power going to the motors and they hold the uh the shaft in whatever at whatever position and then when you want to move it you kind of reduce the power to one motor and it kind of moves in that direction and it's the same this is a familiar system to me because we used it on uh, different kinds of uh, some other systems I've worked on, not amusement park rides, but um, it's a it's a familiar kind of positioner system. And I've also seen these oscillate, not in amusement park rides, but, you know, in other places, like one thing they'll do is they'll pick up a, uh, if you want to if you want to position a satellite dish like a big one and point it at a position in the sky. Well, there's a lot of mass up there and you have to hold it in the right position and everything. And so they use that same design and they've been doing it since the 70s. So one of the problems that it can have is that if the controls aren't tuned up right, it can get in a, into an oscillation where it's trying to turn on the power to one motor and then turns on the power to the other motor to compensate. And it keeps wiggling and it just doesn't stop. You know, it's, it gets stuck in an oscillation. And it looks like that's exactly what happened here. That's my analysis watching the video and reading some of the documentation on it. But unfortunately... And this is something that yeah. I do have to complain about, is they don't really tell you what happened. Allegedly, Maryland state oh, of officials... of course they don't. No, allegedly, Maryland state officials inspected the ride and decided when it may be able to reopen. So first, there's a problem, because I don't think Maryland employs any controls engineers. And that's the kind of person you would want to look at this problem. Not even a mechanical engineer. There's mechanical engineers who are also really good control engineers. But I think the problem is a control engineering problem. And... Uh, it is probably like the gain on one of these uh, on the motor amplifiers too high or something like that is is what it looked yeah. like to me anyway. But they don't publish the report. That should be public information. I should be able to get this report and say, hey, there was a problem. We had to send the state officials in. How come I can't find out and see for my, decide for myself if this thing is safe or not? I want to know what they found. We need an NTSB for, for <laughs> amusement for rides. Amusement rides, yes. That's what we need. Did you know uh, the NTS <laughs> NTSB also investigates certain, um, was it auto accidents? 
They investigate anything, they can investigate anything that's on road, rail, in the air, boats. Yeah. Any method, any method of transportation. I know, I was, I was looking it up a, a while ago. I, yeah, you told I me. I guess that. I didn't actually bring it up on the show, or maybe I did, because, like, apparently, uh, they investigate train crashes, too. I was like, yeah. huh, not just planes, but also trains. Yeah, you were the one who told me that. That's why I know about it. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. All investigated by the NTSB. Yeah, if they want to. So they're basically like Ryder from Fate Stay Night. They just, uh, except they inspect instead of ride. I don't know where I was going with that. Because she rides anything, right? Yeah, I don't know where you were going with that either. Yeah, because she'll like, she'll, I gotta ride a bicycle. She can ride a bike, she can ride a horse, she can ride a, any vehicle, anytime. She's always she on She could it. ride like, me. Yeah. That's like the NTSB, you know, except they're, they're, uh. I don't know. I'm trying to make the joke work, and it's not. Ah, uh, well. Let's just give myself one of those. I'll take my loss, take my L, and we'll move on. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Who are you going to call? I got some new samples here. Let's listen to these samples. Wowzers. I guess they don't like video games. I got another one here. You're going to have to ruin it. I have your emotional corporatist crap. And that was the replay of me talking. All right, wow! Cole. Save me from myself. All right. Save me from myself here. All right. Um, let me see. What do, what do I want to bring up next? Because I got I got a couple of things still. Oh yeah. So sixty nine, sixty nine, but not on your iPhone. Oh no. Sixty nine. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, uh, the i the iOS the iPhone weather app refuses to show you sixty nine degrees. <gasps> is what people are saying. Celsius or Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit. So what if it was 69 Celsius? If, you, if, your phone, if your phone is somewhere where it's 69 Celsius... Has anyone tried you've it? You've got bigger problems. Has anyone tried it, though? I'm just asking. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, oper the operating temperature for most ICs does go up to 70 degrees Celsius. However, most people don't tend to be able to operate very well at at 70 degrees Celsius. Yes, can Never I... Never mind the machines. I gotta get some texting-enabled oven mitts. Then we could do the experiment. All right. So no, you don't need that. You can go into a sauna. I can go into a sauna. Oh, that's pretty hot. Let's see. But well, yeah, it's 150 degrees, right? People were... Yeah. People were complaining that up to and including iOS 14.6... The weather app would refuse to show 69 degrees, even if it's even if it is 69 degrees Fahrenheit. And some people, some people are saying like it could be that it's get it's actually taking temperature in Celsius and round and like converting that. In which case, like that would that would make sense because because if you round if you round from like 20 20 will give you 68 degrees, right? 20 Celsius gives you 68 Fahrenheit. Right. 21 is 69.8, and therefore you get rounded off to a 70, right? But, uh... So, so this it'll is... Show, it'll show, like, it'll show, like, the when you have, like, the little, the little thing on the home screen that gives you that sort of stuff, or puts it up in the, puts it up in the bar at the top of the screen, right? It'll show you 69. It's just the actual app itself won't show won't show 69. Hmm. iOS 15 beta shows 69, but 
on earlier versions of iOS, it won't. So people are wondering if it was like something intentional Apple was doing, or if it's just like the rounding, or if it's a bug. That sounds weird. I mean, do you not keep, track your temperature as a maybe a just a floating point number and do all your conversions there if you want it in Fahrenheit or C? Why would there be a why would there be a rounding error or a, a bug about that? It it's like it seems like it'd be because simple to mo do. because most services because most services do all their stuff using metric and then they will just display oh, yeah. in other units, right? They'll just convert to other units for display. Well, there's nothing wrong with fractional centigrade. And it centigrade. could very well be that's what's going on what's going on there. What's wrong with hey. fractional centigrade though? Or are you, oh, you know what they're probably doing? Look, it doesn't look as nice, right? It doesn't look as nice when you have the when you have like the dot something there or a fraction. It's so much nicer when you just get presented an integer value. Remember, this is Apple we're talking yeah. about here. They don't care about things being right. They just want them to look pretty. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. And you know, I thought Tim Apple would care about sixty nineing, but I guess he's not a sixty nine fan. No, he's not. No, no, no. Yeah, no 69 for you, iOS users. What else do we got here? We got uh, the, the Fix-It Felix Repair Jihad. <laughs> this was a uh, YouTube channel that I, uh, that I was looking at. It was, I can't pronounce it. It's the, do you want to give it a shot? It was Parananda? Para... Parananda? Uh, let me, let me take a look where you have it written in your notes somewhere, it's, right? It's an Estonian guy. <laughs> Some Estonian guy who's a uh, he's a repair Paranda, Paranda, Paranda. Jerk is hardcore repairs. Yeah, there you go. It, Keep in mind, Estonian is essentially Finnish with an accent. <laughs> the this guy is a YouTuber, and he's a, a right to repair kind of guy. He talks about the right to repair and why you need to repair things instead of buying new ones. And he he goes off on his philosophy about it. He's, Interesting channel. He's also a pretty funny guy, but the the video that caught me uh, that uh, that uh, caught my attention was one where he uh, goes off and in in trying to instill the right to repair kind of mindset to the people of Estonia, he decided to go on a guerrilla campaign to start fixing random things without permission. So he's like going to a park and fixing a bench without a permission, or fixing potholes, and he's doing all these other things. Uh, fixing swing sets and all, and all that. But he's doing it in a bad way, though. <laughs> like, he fixes a bench by putting <laughs> bicycle seats on it, and it's really dumb. <laughs> and, uh, you know... That sounds a, great. He has a sense of humor. He has a sense of humor about it. And, uh, like, there was one where they had a bike. He goes, yes, in Estonia, we've had this bike. It's been locked to the bike rack for five or six years, we think. And so we're going to cut the lock. We're going to refurbish the bike. But then we're going to lock it up again with a new lock. <laughs> <laughs> and they just left it there. So is you know, nice. just sense of humor about it. This was good. I I put the picture in for the show notes. I also put a, I'm sorry, the picture I put in the show notes was from the Facebook page you linked me, which was the jihad repair guy. That's where you got that picture from. Yeah, you sent me that. Oh yeah, there was the Facebook one as well. I just. <laughs> I I don't really bother with the fa with Facebook pages. It just came up in the search results, so I just pasted oh, it you, over to you. You just sent it to me without looking at it. Oh well, I pretty I much yeah. The one that I did look at was the Jihad Lawn Care. Jihad Lawn Care. What was that? I didn't see that one. That was the one on Thumbtack. The Thumbtack. Here, I'll paste it into the chat again. 
and see Durham. You even made a comment about it that I ended up putting into the that I put into the show notes. Really? No, I didn't see this. Yeah, about beheading weeds and shrubs. Oh, that was just off the name. <laughs> I did look at it. Yeah. There you go. Behead the shrubs and grasses, you <laughs> said. Behead the shrubs and glasses. Ah, behead the shrubs and glasses. Grasses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jihad lawn care, handyman, cleaning services. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, we got international news. Um, I don't know. Oh? This is boring. I don't know. Do we want to talk about seed potatoes in the UK and export uh, from the... Of course we do. Unit? It's potatoes. Uh, we have to discuss it. All right. All right. If if everyone's as enthusiastic about this as you, then I guess we have to. Um, this was a little uh, note. The bottom line is that Scotland uh, produces a lot of potatoes and to do that they use seed potatoes which are cuttings of potatoes that they plant and they grow into the regular potatoes and the sourcing of the seed potatoes the sourcing of the seed potatoes um used to be coming from the european union and they've decided to cut that off and so they're they're expecting that uh and i won't i don't want to talk about brexit and the the trade deals that much i just want to say that um what they've decided was they're going to source all their seed potatoes from scotland basically and uh so they're looking for the the industry there is uh something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh it's probably uh probably more self-sufficiency more for the UK. Yep. And the 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 thing about it that was a little backwards was we had after Brexit you had the EU was exporting seed potatoes to the UK. Okay, so they're buying the seed potatoes. But they had a um an edict that said we won't buy seed potatoes from the UK and let them go to any other country in the EU. So it was an asymmetric kind of situation. And uh, they said, no, the the Brits said, no, we don't want this anymore. And they got rid of it. So that's that's the whole story. But it cropped up on our favorite potato news site, potatopro.com. The headline is Brexit fight back. UK bans EU seed potato imports in snub at Brussels. I wouldn't really call it the snub at Brussels when the when it was like asymmetric um, EU fucking round on britain in the first place yep that is true i completely agree with that there's um an issue with the potatopro.com bias and i've been investigating their potato bias there's a lot of potato growers in europe and i think they don't want to i think i think there's they don't want to compete yeah they don't they don't want to have a um you know potatopro.com represents potato industry around the world and uh, i th- i think they don't want to side with britain on it because they think they have a bigger market in the eu i just think that's the way it is so that, i think that's why they had a snarky headline about it it's a snub it's not a snub but yeah they're just being dicks that's yeah they're being dicks potato pros being dicks uh, stop being dicks potato pro stop being dicks you know we need to have yeah truth- potato i don't like what serpent said <laughs> potato pig representing big potato <laughs> big potato we need truth and potato journalism here guys you can't do this yeah. <laughs> we've skipped some stories they had some shitty stories i didn't bring like they had uh you know the wendy's uh spicy chicken flavored pringles we did that we story. We talked about that, didn't we? But we didn't talk about the fact that they're available in Canada now. Like, so we, we skipped like some of that crap. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to go out to oh, go out don't. to the supermarket tomorrow. No, they're gross. Pringles aren't even potato chips. They're reconstituted potato flakes pressed into a saddle shape. Oh uh, boy. 
What do we have for news? Yeah, uh, you want to bring some? Uh... We got more. We got more stuff. Uh, more edible stuff. All right, bring me some junk food. So news. I saw in your notes you were you're mentioning uh, you're a certain sort of uh, a certain sort of ice cream that lets you live a Living in the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. Yes, of course. As every morning zoo radio station this morning pointed out, today is mac and cheese day. Uh, that is, um, let's say July 14 is somehow it's national mac and cheese day in America. And, uh, to celebrate, uh, we have Kraft introducing a macaroni and cheese flavored quote unquote French ice cream, mac and cheese flavored yep. ice cream served in, in the photo. It looks like it's served inside like a, um, a Kraft dinner cup. Yeah. Ice cream and cheap cheddar melted together. Oh God. So I looked up where you can get it um, just because it wasn't in the press uh, in the article that I found. And it's available online while supplies last. Okay, I'm not telling you to go buy this. Actually, don't, please. Uh, but they, they're they doing some partnership with the ice cream vendor, which I wasn't aware of. It's Van Leeuwen. Van Leeuwen. Leeuwen. And they have stores. I've in, even heard of them up here in Canada. They're, the only stores I could find were in all over New York City. Um, there's some in Los Angeles and also Houston, but those might have been uh, construction companies with the same name. So I'm not sure about that one. If you're, if it's you're an in, artisanal ice cream maker, artisanal. Is that why they're making mac and cheese ice cream? Artisanal. Yes. Oh God! With craft, please. As big fans of Van Leeuwen, we knew they'd be the perfect partner to create this ice cream with us. Not only does it taste delicious, but it's also made with high-quality ingredients and contains no artificial flavors, preservatives, or dyes. Just like our Kraft macaroni and cheese. What? Oh, God. Yeah, the copy's irritating. So this story made me mad. Maybe if it was potato Oh, hold flavor. on. This, this, this was... This was... This is coming, the brand manager is a woman, so I totally used the wrong voice. Oh, you want to do it again? Should I try it again? Yeah, do it again. Yeah, sure, why not? As big fans of Van Leeuwen, we knew they'd be the perfect partner to create this ice cream with us. Not only does it taste delicious, but it's also made with high-quality ingredients and contains no artificial flavors, preservatives, or dyes, just like our Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> that is uh oh god more than we deserve no now uh here's the other bit from the article if you wanted something more disgusting they also had van lewin had a in 2019 a partnership with popeyes remember they're artisanal they had a popeyes fleet treat and i don't know i guess it's a spinach flavored ice cream so eh. I guess it's better than the, the chicken uh, flavor ice cream. It looks like uh, they might have also teamed with French Frenches, Frenches? For, a, for a mustard ice cream. God. I thought you were going to say onion straws. Oh, no, this is a different company. Cool House Ice Cream from Los Angeles. Oh, well, thank God. They they're teamed not... up with Frenches for, for a mustard ice cream. Thank God they're not corporate whores. But Van Leeuwen did create a spinach ice cream. Yeah, that was the Popeyes one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is Popeyes, and so that's what it was. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. fleet. It was it, it was spinach. 
That actually sounds that actually sounds like it might be interesting. Mm. I actually enjoy spinach. Vegetable flavored ice cream. I think it I think it could actually it, it could actually go well. It could actually go well with uh with ice cream. I mean, I mean, have you had green tea ice cream? Well, I've had actually I've only had green tea mochi. Okay, I have I've had green tea ice cream and it's actually not bad. Hmm. Well, I could see that. So, yeah. I, so I, I can imagine spinach. I might actually enjoy spinach ice cream if I tried it. Hmm. Oh, what else do we got down here? Um, sweet potato might also make for a good ice cream. Sweet potato. You gotta have a sweet potato. Oh. It just reminds me of this song. Uh, there's a song. Uh, I think it was by NRBQ. And the, it's just a guy reading a menu as the lyrics. It's like, oh, a super salad. Oh. Ah, it's menu. You know, he's just doing this stupid shit over a chat. <laughs> Man, your menu good. You know, dumb shit. That was a good one. Uh, All right, we got some anime to talk about. You got now. Last time we we went down uh, and talked about anime, you hadn't watched. Um, I think it was the first episode of Dragon Maid. Yes, and I have watched it now. You have watched it now. Now, bear in mind, yes. I know nothing about Dragon Maid. Other than that, you watch it. Uh, you don't really need to know much about it. You just need to you just need to enjoy like some uh, hinting at Yuri, hinting at Shotokan, and big old titties. Big old titties on Dragon. Yeah. yeah any any, uh, any specifics to share here? Is it a it, it's it's a Kyoto Animation show, and Kyoto Animation hasn't. Yep, done anything big since I don't know their whole building burned down and a bunch of guys died in a fire. That was just one of their buildings, one of several buildings. Okay, but yes, a good number of people lost their lives in that attack, yep. which which sucked, including including some of their some of their like decent uh, talent for directing and animating. So, how's the new uh, the new show hold up? It's it's exactly. What you'd expect if you enjoyed the first season of Dragon Maid. Hmm. Really, really, it's like their adaptation of Dragon Maid is is pretty close to the original source material, the uh, the manga. So if you enjoy if you enjoy the manga, you'll enjoy the anime is how I see it. And I enjoy the manga, so <laughs> I'm enjoying the anime. It's yeah. not really anything to write home about, mind you, but that's fine to me. But we did have some. Um, what was the the thing one, the one that the, yeah the one show that I am really enjoying is Bokudachi no remake. Yeah, the time travel. The one, one where the dude, yeah, well, yeah, he ends up back in time. Like it's not so much time travel as like he woke up and he's like back in his back in his body from ten years ago, right? But he's still got like all he's still got like all his memories and everything from his original timeline as he gets moved into this other one. So it's think I think of it more like you know, not so much time travel as like being rewound and moved onto a different world path. Mm -hmm. Like you you know about world paths, right? You've heard like the many worlds uh, many worlds thesis yep. in quantum mechanics, right? Yeah, I so it's kind. Of, I, I would wait. I would to like that rather than time travel. I wouldn't describe it as being part of quantum mechanics, but I have heard the thesis. I understand what it is. Quantum mechanics is the well. It's usually presented. It's 
Quantum mechanics it's usually is presented. Oh man, we got a delay here. I was gonna say quantum mechanics no, is I'm, the I'm say, I'm just linear algebra representation of uh, of uh, the quantum theory. It's like quantum mecha quantum mechanics okay, is, is but... a specific uh, branch of math. It's a specific. It's a specific branch of physics. Well, it's a formulation. You don't need quantum mechanics to have. It, 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 it was introduced later. Um, you do it, need. You do need it for some. Th for some things, like if you're, if you're modeling like subatomic uh, qualities. Yeah, it's useful. Everyone uses it, but it's it's. I don't know. It's a it's a linear algebra formulation of the ideas of uh, quantum theory, quantum electrodynamics. I guess. But that was but me anyway, being nitpicky. Mul the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, multiple worlds is just like one different way of viewing like how waveform collapse happens, right? Mm -hmm. And or there's there's no way there's no way of of proving of proving like which particular situation it is. It's all so in in some way it's it's like more philosophical than anything or metaphysical there's some there's some that say that whichever way a waveform could collapse that creates like that many different new realities that have branched off from the original one right mm -hmm. and and that trail of going through all those branches that's the world path yeah no I so it's like he's just been his mind has just like ended up skipping to a different world path that split off from from his original one back 10 years before. So what's he been doing lately? Last time uh, we checked in, he was uh, trying to become a video game uh, creator and was hanging out with uh, his old boss. No, he was, he was already a failed video game producer. And then he woke up, went back when he was 18, and getting to accept what... Uh, getting to choose what except like which university accepted him okay right? and instead of go going for the one that he originally went for he went for the other one which was more in his area of interest but he originally decided against because he was afraid that he wouldn't make it as a creator hmm. and now he's going for that and now he's He's living in a share house with two cute girls and another guy. And there's another cute girl who was his manager in that previous world, in that previous world line. And she's a, she's a student now too, and is like super competitive. And essentially he is developing himself a nice little harem in art school. Yeah. So it sounds like an anime. Well, not in the sense that, not in the sense like, like, like some sort of like, outright like obvious not obvious not that's not the word overt harem right but rather rather there's these girls around him who are becoming interested in him as he as he works to become a a good creator and work towards the future he wished he had back in his original uh, world line Cool. And so you're liking this more than, uh, more this, sort than of thing, this sort of thing appeals to me because like going back into my past, like there's a whole bunch of things that if I could go back, I would redo better. Yeah. Right. Like certain, certain people I wouldn't have abandoned or let go of. Right. Yeah. Well, I think everyone feels so, a little bit. And like so these that, sort too. of, these sort of shows just give me that sort of wish fulfillment. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I hope there's no wish fulfillment in the shit I've been watching because it's kind of crazy. Yeah, because you've been watching Higurashi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wish fulfillment in that. You're either like, you're either suicidal or a mass fucking murderer. <laughs> Man, this is uh, this is season two of Higurashi. I was calling it the Mexican telenovela, but now it's more like a um, uh, like a gore fest. It's it's uh, there's a lot of murder going on. There's a lot of you know. It is Higurashi. The, this girl, you know, I mentioned her last time. She had her, uh, she found out her dad was uh, spending all her money, spending all their money on a uh, a hooker that had her name. And so she ends up killing her and tie and trying to cut up her body with a, a bunch of different saws and stashing them in different the places. The hooker, yeah. No, the the girl does. The daughter does. Kills the hooker. And yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. The, she was trying to kill the hooker. Yeah, and she did. And she's like burying on different days. She's like burying her different parts in different places and hiding the evidence. And meanwhile, no one knows that she's a murderer. And she thinks this one boy uh, saw her, which is the main character, right? And so she's uh, trying to decide if she's going to kill him or not. And there's a bunch of there's maybe there's a misunderstanding. And uh, there's you know it's Higurashi, so there's a lot of uh, psychological paranoia kind of stuff going on. Like, did he really hear me say that, or was he just talking about something else? You know, it's uh, it's great. There's there's a knife fight, which ends up in a pool of blood. There's uh, then someone kills himself with a knife, and then someone else sees them and kills themselves with a knife. And uh, there's also something about murder with a shovel that I can't remember. <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures here. That is a lot more blood than there than there really should be. Yeah, there is. And so the meme that uh, that came out of this one was the. Uh, uh, Rico is one of the characters. She comes and says, "Hey, check out how hard I can bleed." She cuts. Her, she just cuts her throat, and she's bleeding everywhere. And it's a meme. It's funny, guys. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at this, but it's yeah, it's, it's disturbing, it's, and I love it. It's surrealist humor. In the check out how hard <laughs> I can bleed. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It is. It is surrealist humor. It's like the surreal memes, like like vegetable. Right? Vegetable. Meme man. Stonks. Stonks. Like, some of these pictures are like, you just see, they're inside a room, and every single wall, floor, ceiling is just covered in blood splatter. It is, they're completely saturated by exploding blood. Uh, two dead bodies surrounded by more, blo more blood than two bodies would actually have. Indeed. So anyway, that's Higurashi. I'm enjoying it. It's coming out every, uh... I think I get a new episode every Thursday is when it's really coming around. I think it airs for for my time, for our time. It's Thursday uh, about noon, and so Thursday afternoon, you, I, my I can I can go and uh, check it out. You, my friend, are a disturbed person. I love it. Every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, there's some good screenshots. We'll put some screenshots in the show notes so you can all see what we're talking about here. Absolutely. All right, you take it. You have the baton. All right, so the audacity of the audacity devs. Yes, tell me more. How about that? Uh, fuck so, audacity. Muse group continues to be tone deaf. Mm -hmm. Pun intended. I and I stole that from Hackaday. <laughs> What's going on? What's the deal here? We All right, so the dealio here is is that not only not only have they pissed everybody off with their ham-handed attempt to add tracking and telemetry to Audacity a while ago. 
Then there was the issue with their privacy policy that said that if you're under 13, you're not allowed to use Audacity because it reports data about you. And now, now Muse Group is trying to get everybody, including past developers, to sign a release, a contributor license agreement that would allow them to relicense the Audacity source code however they want. And they have even admitted that this relicensing would include would include being uh, being able to use the source code that other people have provided out of their own kindness and from their own free time in closed source software that Muse will develop in the future. Mm. So yeah, um, fuck Muse, fuck everything they're doing with Audacity, and it's time to definitely move over to a fork and kill the current Audacity project. And there have been some moves in that in that way. Uh, one of which was having a whole bunch of drama of its own. And which so a while ago, that? I suggested that I I suggested that people use the Cookie Muncher fork, but uh, which is now called Tenacity. The pro the thing is that Cookie Muncher quit the project. After claiming that 4chan's G-board tried to stab him. Stab him? Stab him. We're talking like with a knife stab him? Yes. Like Higurashi on him. Oh boy. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's something. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's nothing really to to prove or disprove this one way or another. And well, you know, uh, wait a minute. Police reports are kind of useful for this sort of thing. Is there any evidence he was one, tried to be stabbed? Okay, cookie engineer, not cookie muncher. Uh, part part of the thing is he's from Germany, and and th in Germany, police reports aren't necessarily a matter of public record. Hmm. And he's he's claiming that this is all over. This is all because of the 4chan Sneedosity fork. I think. Uh, meanwhile, I'm... the meanwhile the uh, the tenacity developers are doing all the usual woke open source bullshit, like the co the code of conduct and all this other oh, all this God. other shit that that's all for the rainbow hairs instead of like actually let's let's code something that works, right? Mm. So bunch of bunch of stupid bunch of stupid drama and i mean even even kiwi la even kiwi was like yeah yeah this is this is like we don't even want to touch this mm. kiwi farms when kiwi farms even says they don't want to touch the poop you know something's like really fucking retarded that's yeah. going on well this sounds um here here's something else terrible. here's something else to mention cookie engineer said that he was dealing with the German federal police about this. But that's not this is not the sort of thing that they deal with. They this this sort of thing goes to like the state police, not not the federal police. So he's one way or another like pulling something out of his ass, whether it's just whether it's just he's 
saying the wrong police or he's like completely making all this up for the drama. Who knows? We won't know for a while. So who cares? Why why was his fork? Appar noteworthy? Apparently Cookie Engineer cares. Okay. I don't care. I don't know who this guy is. I don't use his yeah. product. I was okay. But so I mean, it's, it's just more—it's just more fucking pointless drama around Audacity, which already has enough drama going on already. People are fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want to do? You want to close this up, or you want to—I—I'm I, kind of worn out on this topic too. Yeah, I'm—I'm. I'm... I think it's time to call it a night. I think so, yeah. Well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Oh, adios, guys. Have a good night. Adios. Hey, happy one year. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?